On today's episode, I chat with Jeremy McDonald, the Senior Education Content and Training Manager with Sphero. Jeremy and I walk through a brief history of the company from the first version of the Sphere robot, which many would know as the White Ball, to the newly launched Rover, a dual-track hackable robot. We dive into the various tools and supports that Sphero has to offer educators, from free lessons to professional learning communities with the Sphero Lead Educator Program and the Sphero Hero Ambassadors. Stick around to hear how Sphero works towards making sure that every teacher has what they need when they need it, and how play is built into the DNA that is Sphero. Welcome to My Creative Classroom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to My Creative Classroom. On today's episode, I am excited to have with me Jeremy McDonald from Sphero. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having us. All right, Jeremy. So let's tell the viewers a little bit about who you are and what your role is with Sphero. And at the same time, let's tell them a little bit about what Sphero is. Yeah, for sure. Um, so like you mentioned, my name is Jeremy McDonald. Um, currently, I'm the uh, Senior Education Content and Training Manager um, at Sphero. But prior to coming on board Sphero a little over three years ago, um, I was the Director of Technology and Innovation for Redmond School District in Central Oregon. Um, prior to that, I did some instructional coaching uh, at Ben Lapine School District. And then prior to that, um, I was uh, a classroom teacher and specialist for uh, about eight years, um, nine years-ish, uh, in Klamath Falls, Oregon, which is Southern Oregon, right on the border with California, um, where I taught third grade. I taught uh, fifth, sixth split class, uh, where my sixth graders were dual immersion and my fifth graders were not. So that was an interesting year. Um, so I do speak Spanish. Um, and uh, then I taught fifth grade for the remaining uh, years. I was there at Mills Elementary School, where I also did instructional coaching, um, and I also did uh, response to intervention. Um, so working on interventions with kids that are just kind of on the verge of being uh, successful, that just need that extra push. And then I also did language development. So I taught uh, uh, ESL uh, with my students there in Southern Oregon, but. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of my professional career uh, trajectory there in, in reverse. Um, but I am the father of four. Uh, my wife and I uh, met in college uh, many years ago. We're going on, what, I think 17 years this year of marriage with four kids. And uh, yeah, haven't looked back. That's awesome. I mean, it seems like you've got quite the, the history behind you and, and so much experience there that builds into who you are. Um, so what is Sphero? And, and you talked about your role being the senior education content and training manager. Um, so what is what does Sphero offer towards education and what's your role um, with the company there? Certainly. So Sphero started um, 10, 11 years ago, just as a, an idea that a couple of, uh, I guess, friends that had met at University of Colorado in Boulder. Uh, one was Adam Wilson is a software mathematician um engineer guy and then we have uh, ian bernstein who's a hardware kind of wizard who from from a very young age could put things together and take them apart and put them back together again uh they wanted just to create something that was going to change the world and so i mean really high hopes right uh talk about moonshot uh and the first thing they came up with was a bluetooth uh garage door opener so you could open it with your with your phone uh not really uh world 
world saving or world changing. Um, but what they really want to do is just take advantage of the technology that we were all carrying around in our pockets at the time. So if you think back, that's, you know, early like iPhone 3s, somewhere around there, 3S, uh, the kind of the beginnings of Android phones, things like that. So we have these phones now that are essentially these pocket computers that allow you to uh, do way more than your previous flip phone used to do. Um, and they said, well, you know, other than answering emails and browsing the internet, we should be able to do a lot more with these. And so they, they looked into Bluetooth technology and were trying to find ways to interact with their world around them. And uh, they decided to go into to making toys. So they thought about, you know, one of the very first toys, one of the most common toys across uh, really any culture, which is the ball, um, and decided to make a robotic ball that was controlled by your phone. Um, and their ultimate goal is actually to create a $50 robot that fit in your pocket, um, which they did attain a few years ago with the release of the Sphero Mini. But uh, uh, but at the time, they released the original Sphero robot. And uh, as you know, a lot of teachers like to find kind of the new and and different things that are out there that could potentially help in the classroom. And a lot of teachers latched onto the Sphero robot and began to use them. And at the time it was mostly just driving around and things like that. But uh, because of that kind of push from teachers, they began to develop a software that allowed them to uh, program the robots. Um, we also ended up having a lot of teachers buying two robots, one to cut open so they could see what was on the inside and another to use. And we felt really bad that teachers were spending, you know, upwards of $300 just to cut a rope robot open um, at the time. And so we kind of came up with uh, our first education focused robot, which was the Spark Edition, which was clear. So they didn't have to cut the robot open anymore. And we actually developed some uh, 3D models within the app that are still there that you could actually expand or explode, as we call it. And you can see all the different parts uh, that are within the robot. And so now you don't need to break apart your robot to see how it works. Um, and then we've just evolved from there. So from Spark Edition, we came out with Spark Plus, Bolt, Mini, uh, and now Rover. And uh, we've actually pivoted from a consumer company to uh, almost, a, we're about 90% education focused now. We still have a small, um, uh, footing in, in, in consumer robotics and consumer toys. Um, but we really feel that, uh, our best use of, of our, of our knowledge of our experience as a company is to, to serve educators and students around the world. And so, um, I was hired, uh, three years ago ish, um, to come on as a content specialist, um, as a, as a former educator, you know, about 13 years experience, uh, both in the classroom and within district administration, uh, to come on and help guide that process of developing meaningful content that was going to really make a difference, uh, rather than just handing the robots off to teachers and students and saying, figure something out. And so now that's what I do. Um, I develop a lot of our content that you see online. I develop a lot of the strategies behind that. And then another big part of my work, not so much now with everything going on in the world, but um, is to travel. And I travel around the world and work with schools and partners and teachers and school districts, um, anybody that's interested. And I help them uh, learn to integrate these, these tools, both our software and our hardware um, in a way that uh, makes sense, in a way that is useful and meaningful uh, to students. Um, 
from various age ranges. Uh, obviously, we've seen this from K through 12 and on up into university. Um, but kind of that sweet spot is that third grade through eighth grade where we have kids that are are now literate. So their readiness level is a little bit higher than others because they can read the instructions and things like that. Um, and then once you get into the high school stuff, obviously they're looking to actually build the robots and things like that. So we kind of have had to improvise and we've innovated and come up with new ways to meet the needs of those students as well. What an amazing timeline for Sphero as well. Like, and it started off with that sphere, which was white at the time. And, and interesting to hear the story as to why they went towards that clear version um, of the Sphero ball. Um, but such amazing features that come with all of those robots that you named, you know, the Sphero being, you know, it's, it's waterproof. It can be, you know, submerged and, and run in water. Um, as well as the Ollie robot and your RVRs that you just uh, released. Uh, an amazing kind of uh, product line, if you will, for, for different purposes and tools. And you mentioned earlier the software for programming. So what does that look like? Is it one software for all robots? If, you, if you're working with Sphero, if you're working with Ollie or, or the Mini or RVR, is it all the same programming language? Is it all the same app or is it a web-based program? So what, what does that programming look like for someone? Um, yeah, so just kind of give you a little bit more history. So we had dozens, literally dozens of apps out on the App Store that you were able to use with Sphero. So different games for the robot, things like that. Um, but app development is really, really expensive. Um, just the support for keeping it updated as operating systems change, as, as different uh, technology changes like improved Bluetooth and things like that and the way they connect. Uh, you have to be constantly on it and have a team that's continually developing towards those things. So a lot of those game apps were sunset um, years ago and we began to focus on specific apps. So like uh, we had our Star Wars droids for a long time and that's where Sphero really gained some momentum and made a name for itself uh, in the toy industry um, at the time. And so we had all sorts of droid apps and things like that. But for, for, for teachers, we really decided just to focus on a single app. Uh, and for a while there, it's called Lightning Lab. Um, it has since been rebranded as Sphero EDU. And that app now allows you to program uh, the vast majority of our robots, uh, with exception of just two, which were kind of a blip on the radar for a while there. We had a Spider-Man and uh, Lightning McQueen. So neither of those are programmable. But all of our other robots, like you mentioned Ollie, I, for, I failed to mention Ollie. Um, Ollie, but our Star Wars robots, Spark, Plus, Spark Edition, Mini, Rover, Bolt, all of those are now um, programmable all within the same app. And it's just based on, currently the Spirit EDU app is based on a Scratch 2.0 model um, on the back end. And then the actual text coding, the written code is all done in JavaScript to help kids, help students move towards um, increased fluency in programming. Um, but what Rover allows us to do now, um, so Rover is now a, a non-ball robot. It is a treaded tank robot um, that it allows for third-party hardware integration. And so because of that, you can plug in a lot of different types of microcontrollers, including a Raspberry Pi um, and Arduino. And so by bringing those two in, now you're you're really opening up the opportunity to learn various languages from you know Ar Arduino's IDE. Um, as well as using Python uh, with Raspberry Pi uh, to program the robot. And that allows you to actually program, essentially take over the robot, program its full functionality and features, including the sensors, while adding additional 
uh, hardware to really make the robot your own. Um, and the real, the big goal behind Rover was to create a stable platform. So that motion um, of, of a robot, the, the mechanics of how it moves and its accuracy uh, isn't always the easiest to, to start with from scratch. And so we've developed um, a professional quality uh, motor control system that, uh, that allows you to have that ready to go. And then you can add all the other hardware you want onto it um, to make it your own. It's almost the the hacker's dream of robots where, you know, you get, like you said, the stable platform and then you have these add-ons that you can put on. You know, it's 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 amazing to be able to use a robot that allows you to do more than than just what's inside the box. Um, I think that's a that's an innovative way to bring something uh, product to the classroom, especially. Um, so you talked earlier as well about, you know, you you, you provide support to teachers and, and these lessons. Are those something that's built into the app or do teachers or students have to go um, outside of the app environment uh, to find either lessons or professional learning uh, tutorials, whatever it might be, to help them better understand how to use whatever robot or the app itself uh, when implementing, whether it in classroom or outside of it? Um, so it's all built in. Um, so everything that we've developed and that the community has developed is built within, built into the app. So we have a place where you can see all the, the lessons and programs created by Spiro, as well as all the lessons and programs created by teachers around the world. Um, and the app is free. So you download the app yet and you have access to everything that's in there. We do have some uh, paid content. And so that's where we have a, a supplemental curriculum called Computer Science Foundations. Um, and it is the only paid content that we currently have. Uh, that teachers can access. And actually right now during all of this pand global pandemic stuff, we've we've released uh, one, two, three, four, five of the units so far, um, five out of nine. And we're, we're set to release one last one uh, this summer. So you'll get six of the nine for free at the moment um, that will be, eventually will be removed, um, unfortunately. Um, but it will be there for now for teachers to take a look at, begin to plan around and use and utilize uh, for their own benefit and classroom benefit at this time. Um, but I feel I feel a little bad. I failed to mention that you know Sphero just isn't robots anymore. So Sphero is also little bits. Um, so recently there was a transaction between the two companies, and now Sphero is is licensed is the only licensed person to or company to build and continue to sell little bits. Um, and so now it's little bits by Sphero. And we've had the opportunity to really bring that in uh, to our ecosystem, including especially with Rover um, and the compatibility there. But uh, as re with regards to um, lessons and things like that, uh, there's only really one bit that you're going to program with little bits, and that's the code bit. And there is an app for that. But all the lessons are found uh, at classroom.littlebits.com, where you can find all the stuff that's been created by the company, as well as just dozens and dozens of ideas and inventions that are made by students and teachers around the world. So let's talk about little bits a, li a little bit. Um, you know, we talked about robots. We talked about that line of products. So let's dive into it and say, you know, what is little bits and, and what does it provide to an educator or even to a student using it? What can you do with it? Um, and what does it offer either to the educator or to the student? Certainly. Um, so little bits is kind of like the, the snap circuit evolved. Is the way I look at it. So different iterations of a snap circuit has been around really since the 60s, um, where it's just magnets bring these two pieces together and you have a battery on one or power source on one end and some sort of output on the end, like typically a light bulb, these old flashlight light bulbs. I remember playing with them for a long time. Um, and 
the way it works is very similar. Uh, so we have magnets that, that connect the bits together, but with the advancement of technology and and really the cost coming down to use a lot of these different sensors and, and outputs and things like that, we're able to create uh, a new system of these types of circuits where you're actually able to to make inventions come to life. So, you know, uh, traditional snap type circuit things would just simply sit on a board and you piece it together and maybe a fan would blow or the light would turn on. But now you're actually able to create things. You know, you can mount a, a proximity sensor to your bedroom door and alarm goes off if somebody comes in or, you know, silly things like that. Um, uh, one of the big projects for a while there was to hack your backpack. Um, and so come up with different ways to create a unique backpack for your little bits. And so from like a signal when you're crossing the street so cars can see see you, you know, your, your backpack lights up when you begin to cross the street, things like that. Just things that all sorts of kids have been able to come up with um, from making their own arcade games um, and things like that. But at, at, its, at its core, it's understanding circuits. Um, so you have a, a power source that has um voltage and that voltage is what travels through the circuit um and as long as the bits are put in the proper order uh you'll get the desired outcome so they can't snap incorrectly together meaning they can't go to backwards but they can be put in the wrong order um so based on the order you put them in gives the very uh results you have inputs uh well you have your power bit which is blue you have pink uh, input bits. We have our orange wires, which kind of extends, allows you to connect to different things. And then you have your outputs, which are green, um, that range from lights to fans to servos to motors um, to speakers to sound boxes, all sorts of things that allow you to create a lot of stuff. But what's great about this is it is, for the vast majority of it, it is app free. So you don't need a programming device. You don't need an iPad, a Chromebook, anything like that. You can actually just have your little bits there and make all sorts of amazing inventions. And so that's why we thought it was such a great addition to uh, the Sphero ecosystem because we have our robots that create this really great uh, kind of low barrier of entry for programming and robotics um, that does require an app. So you have that screen time as well. But then now we have this other piece that allows you to understand how those sensors work in relation to actually building that circuit um, to create the different things uh, that might come to mind uh, that doesn't require the app. So you're able to kind of mix that, reduce the screen time, but also uh, really push student innovation. And it seems like this little bits is, is an opportunity for makers to become creative. Like you talked about hacking your backpack and, and door alarms. So it's a great starting point to this basic set, if you will, of learning circuits and creating this hackable environment. Um, so we talked about an app a few times and, and I forgot to ask, is the app compatible with all devices? Is it every handheld? Is it Android versus iOS? Um, can you code these using, you know, a, a laptop, if you will, or a Chromebook of sorts that can connect to the robot? So um, is it available on all sorts of devices? Pretty much. Um, we like to say it's available on every device that you're going to find in a school. Um, the, really, the only thing we don't have is a, is a Linux app. Uh, so there's Windows, Mac OS, Chrome OS, Android, iOS, and then we even have a specific version that, that runs... Well, I guess we, we I should say it's optimized for Kindle devices. Wow. So really, I mean, the, the options here are, are open. It's not specific to a certain area, which is nice because it varies so much by school to school or district to district, you know, 
province or country or state or whatever you whatever it might be. Um, so it's nice to know, you know, that whatever you have in your classroom, this app is functional on it and can connect to the robots. Um, so let's talk a little bit about getting started. So if a teacher, you know, is hearing about Sphere for the first time and they're like, oh, I really want to start with this in my classroom, um, how would they start? Is it is there a specific robot that you'd say maybe you should start with the with the the Sphero Mini or the RVR or I guess and how many of that should you start with? Definitely, um, that is a question we get asked a lot. Um, so our our partnership team uh, has a lot of strategies for working with districts and, and helping identify their unique needs and things like that. But if it were just an individual teacher coming to us um, asking, you know, where to start. Um, I always point people to uh, Bolt, and the reason being is it's the third iteration of our Sphero classroom robot. So it's clear, it's waterproof, uh, virtually indestructible. I mean, if you tried to, you probably could break it, but it'd take a while. Um, and the Bolt has uh, new battery technology that gives you, you know, I believe the box says two hours, but we're looking at in, in real life testing uh, above three hours. And in some cases we've heard from 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 teachers that, you know, they're reaching a four hour mark of without having to charge it, uh, which is huge compared to those uh, of our previous users that have had the Spark Edition or Spark Plus. And many of them will talk about, you know, the battery life being an issue where they're only getting half an hour or 45 minutes of use. And if you're middle school teacher and you're working with multiple classes that really makes it tough to transition to a next class and have a robot available for them um so i always point towards bolt um one because of the battery life and its durability but two it also has a broad range of sensors so it has infrared it has an ambient light sensor it has our imu so that's got our your standard um accelerometer gyroscope and now a magnetometer um, and then it also has the LED matrix, which allows you to create some cool kind of uh, pixelated animations, things like that. It looks really nice. Um, and it adds a whole lot to it. Um, and going from there, you're able to just jump into the app. We have a lot of different uh, instructional uh, type activities or lessons that are created to get started with. Um, teachers have created all sorts of things that are in there as well. Um, and really a, a big chunk of my time as well as is talking to teachers uh, via email things like that uh, on how to get started and i suggest you know various lessons to start with um, or if they're just interested in programming um, happy to walk them through some of the the ways to get started now if you're on a budget mini is great as well mini is just based off of the original sphero or, or spark plus even um, much smaller about the size of a ping pong ball uh, comes in a plastic shell similar to an easter egg uh, the way it kind of connects together. And um, you can program just about everything you would on Bolt except for those added sensors. It has the IMU um, but and then some LED lights. Um, but you're, you're limited on your ability to do some advanced programming with the different sensors and things like that. But if you just want to get started with basic programming, Mini's great. Uh, under $50 uh, gets you going. You have about an hour of uh, programming time for an hour charge. So that's actually our best ratio is one to one. Um, you know, something like Bolt, you, you're about a, about a three to one kind of uh, type of uh, charge time to, to use time. Um, but yeah, I mean, our robots have 
so many different options that it would really be i guess based on the on the teacher situation if it were a higher level teacher so we're talking about high school you know secondary teachers i would always recommend a rover um, and when you have more than one that makes it even better because the ir technology allows the robots to communicate and interact with one another yeah and that's you know that's kind of like personalized learning is it's based on you know each scenario would be different each classroom and, and what the teacher's needs are and one thing you talked about there is charging and and knowing a little bit about the spark plus and and um the original spheros you know they charge in a cradle, which is which is a nice feature uh, for the Sphero robots, as well as you know the Ollie uses um, some Android plugs and USB chargers. So if you have multiple of these in a classroom, do you require you know 15 outlets to charge all these robots, or, or is there a way that they can be almost banked together and charged in unison at the same time? Um, definitely. So we have uh, our power pack. So our power pack is. Uh, currently sold for with Bolt. It is a it's like a Pelican-like case that houses 15 charging cradles, 15 robots, some accessories, and you just plug it into the wall with one electrical cord, um, and then it allows you to charge all of them simultaneously. Simultaneously. Uh, I, when I was back uh, in Redmond, we had a lot of the Spark editions. And so we kind of created our own power packs, so to speak, at the time with some plastic totes, extension cords and things like that, so that we were only needing actually one uh, plug to plug it in. Um, but because the current cradle system uses uh, micro USB uh, for, for Spark Plus and Bolt, uh, it makes it a lot easier to buy USB hubs and things like that. Whereas back in the day with Spark Edition, it was actually a wall adapter. And so it was this big chunky wall adapter that we had to figure out how to connect them all into one search protector but uh it's much easier much more streamlined and you can pick up uh usb adapters for for very little nowadays um and then rover rover is our first robot with a removable battery and so that is a uh, a pretty beastly battery as well um getting a couple hours a few hours of, of use time out of it uh, but it is hot swappable as we say it so if as if you're programming and you need to drop a new battery in there and keep going you're able to do that uh within a matter of seconds um which also allows you to power any third-party accessories you have as well and so uh you don't have to have an external power source for anything that you're attaching to rover you can actually power it from the robot itself and i think that's that's something that's quite interesting you know especially if you're in the thick of it right you're teaching your class all of a sudden your battery dies in your rover you can swap it out to another one um and also with with the bolt and those you know with the cradles you hop it onto the cradle um, and it gives you that ability, whether it's charging between classes um, or, you know, from day one to day two, you you don't have to plug each robot in individually. You can throw them on the cradles and it gets you off into the next day, which which is a fantastic feature for simplifying this charging process if you do have multiple of these robots. Um, and one thing I wanted to talk about is is we talk about these these pre-made lessons, these, these supports to teachers within the app. Um, and one thing um, to talk about is the Sphero Hero program that Sphero offers, as well as the Sphero Lead Educator program, uh, because some of these lessons are created by these, these educators that are part of these programs. Um, so for the teachers that are listening, how do they become part of either of those programs uh, with Sphero? Uh, that's a great question. Appreciate it. Um, so yeah, we, we decided to create an ambassador program a couple of years ago, just because we had so many teachers out there um, that... Uh, that are just doing amazing things, not necessarily with Sphero, but just doing amazing things in general. 
And then we just happen to be so lucky that they're doing a lot of things actually with Sphere as well. And so uh, we reached out to a few just to kind of get test the waters. And, and we started with the Heroes program as well. And then later on started to do what we call our lead educators. And so our lead educator program uh, is open year round. You can go onto our Facebook group or onto our website at Sphero.com and find information on that and apply. And usually within a week or two, you get a response. Um, but that allows really any teacher that's just getting started or that's more of an advanced user just to get um, access to a few more um, resources. And by resources, I'm just talking about they have you know a little bit better access to, to us here at the office. Um, and we do reach out to them uh, for, for questions and, and kind of market research, things like that, that we don't generally just throw out to the public. Um, but it's also a chance for us to showcase them. Um, that's really a big thing that we try to do with both Lead Educator and Heroes is to showcase um, the teachers that are doing these amazing things. Um, whereas Heroes is a once, a once a year application process happens typically around, we kind of announce in October, it opens up in November and then runs into the new year. Um, and then we announce uh, the new uh, Heroes every February. Um, and so we just had a recent class and uh, that was inducted this year, including yourself there, Brian. Uh, and we're excited to, to have you in. And uh, we're, I mean, really it's an international group. We are now at the point where we're almost 50-50 from US where we're based, where a lot of our market share is, um, to international around the world. And we're looking to expand that more and more uh, each year uh, that we do this. And so we're really excited for the program because again, uh, gives us a chance to find out how these tools are being used specifically in different environments, um, whether that's you know middle class uh, Midwest U.S. all the way to you know maybe a private school in Spain to a community in I don't know, I'm trying to think of our more remote areas you know in Iceland you know Iceland is isn't a very densely populated area and we have a spirit hero there that's doing amazing things um, at a you know, at a school, I think it's K-12, you know, it's like serves every grade level because of, of their location. And so it's a great opportunity to really see um, how our, our robots are being used around the world uh, in various, not only just education systems, but different cultures and, and understanding the value of these types of things, computer programming, uh, robotics and things like that, uh, where these students um, are going to school. And so uh, the HEROES program is, is an opportunity for us to do that. And it does have a little bit more uh, work involved than our lead educators. So we do expect a bit more out of our HEROES. Um, and one of those things is uh, participate in you know some webinars to be uh, active members of our community, uh, both on our Slack channel, on Facebook, Twitter, all those places like that. Um, but there are some perks as well. You know, we send robots out you get first access to a lot of resources and things like that. Um, and then we ask you to test a lot of stuff as well, especially like the paid content I was talking about earlier. Um, we sent that out to uh, a good number of heroes and allowed them to use it in their classroom uh, to give us feedback on its effectiveness and, and, and really is it useful for them and teachers alike. Yeah, and these are both great programs to be a part of. You know, I was a Sphero lead educator, I think, since 2018. Um, and then a Sphero hero inducted this year in 2020, which both of those professional learning communities are, are exactly that. You get to, you know, be part of this community of like-minded educators talking not just about things Sphero, but also about how to integrate technology and, and really transform, 
education inside of your classroom. So, you know, I would recommend everyone to apply to those and check out the Sphere website to learn more about both of those programs to see how you can be part of it and become a part of that growing community um, that is Sphero. Uh, and so, Jeremy, we are at a part in the show here that I like to call the Specialist Top Five. Uh, and in this segment, um, I'd like to ask you, what are, what are the top five ways that you think Sphero can help teachers transform learning, whether it be in the classroom or outside? Um, that is, uh, that was a tough thing for me to eat. A little clarity here, or I guess some transparency. You did share this with me beforehand, so it wasn't a big surprise to me. Um, but coming up with five things was kind of difficult because there's a lot of great things about Sphero, um, about Sphero and Little Bits that I, I love to brag about. But uh, the very first thing really is, is plays at the heart of who we are as Sphero, and that's play. Um, so play is an integral part to any person's development uh, from a child on up to an adult. Um, play is, is one of the ways that we learn uh, most effectively because typically it is not a stressful situation. Um, and when we're able to play, we often iterate because there's less fear um, of failure. And so we just try out all, all sorts of different things. So play is a really big part of what we do. And it's built into kind of the DNA of everything that is Sphero. And so what we really try to do is, is help teachers see the benefits of that, of, of having unstructured learning time, uh, whether it's with our robots or little bits uh, or with something else, but giving students that opportunity to explore and experiment in a stress, and not necessarily stress-free, but stressless uh, environment. Um, and then two is probably kind of the learning curve thing. We have a very low barrier of entrance. Um, a lot of other programs out there, which are fantastic, I'm not talking uh, negatively about them in any way, but uh, oftentimes building something can be very daunting to a teacher that's trying to integrate this. So if you think of you know primary grade teachers that are being asked to teach more STEM or STEAM and integrate it across their curriculum, um, handing them a bunch of pieces and computer chips and telling them to put these together with their students might be a little intimidating. Um, so what we've done is we've, we've built very durable robots uh, that you can start the programming part while you begin to understand how the robot inside is working. Um, and we've also developed our activities or our lessons in a way that allows teachers to learn along with the students. And so it really brings down that barrier of entry and allows teachers to comfortably kind of begin working with their students um, kind of in that play-like environment. Um, number three, is is the effort we put behind the development of our of our products um, so we don't want teachers to have to be going out and buying a new robot every year um, and so we've we've built these these durable robots that are going to last them quite some time in the classroom and then we built this platform that allows them to access all the resources um, all the time wherever they are on whatever device they're on um, giving them access to, to to the learning and to the to the play um, whether they're at home or at school. And so we've, we've put a lot of effort into continually making these things better. Um, and so that kind of leads me into number four, um, Sphero's desire to continue innovating uh, is hopefully something that is being pushed not only by teachers, um, but most importantly by our students. Um, we get a lot of feedback from students. We get emails, countless emails from kids emailing us from the app all the time and asking for different features and things like that. And while we can't meet every demand, uh, we do our best actually to take all of those things into account 
and then push our own development to create something that's more meaningful, more impactful, more useful, um, whatever it might be uh, for students around the world. And and really the last thing, um, this, I was kind of iffy on this one, but I always feel like it, it goes uh, overlooked uh, in many companies. But I really think that we have some of the best support and customer service uh, of any company um, out there. Um, we, because we're now most predominantly focused on education, we want to make sure that every teacher um, has what they need when they need it. And so there's limited downtime, things like that. And and while, yes, there are a few questions we go through, you know, typical tech support, you know, was it plugged in? Did you charge it? You know, we have to ask all those questions first because we just want to make sure we're, we're eliminating certain issues um, that we, so we can get to the actual problem at hand. Um, but more often than not, the answer is, hey, what's your address? Let's get you what you need. And so we have an amazing uh, uh, operations team that is really there for the customer. And in this case, really there for our teachers to make sure they have what they need. Um, and I think having that, knowing that you have those people at your back, and when you do have an issue, you, you know you're not gonna have to postpone this lesson or unit or project for multiple weeks. It might just be a couple days delay just to get shipping and things like that out there. And while that might not be really, you know, the lessons or whatever the students are learning, um, but without those things, um, we know that we know that time is a commodity in the classroom. Um, and without that kind of support, uh, you lose time and oftentimes waste time. And we don't want that to happen in the classroom. And that's amazing to have that support to teachers. You really have teachers back in a sense and saying, you know, we know what you do is 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 quite valuable and we don't want to lose that time. So let's get let's get back to work uh, and figure out how we can support you in those those efforts. Um, so, Jeremy, I think that's a great top five. And, and we've gone through quite a bit so far in this episode. Um, you know, before we head out, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience that we may not have covered uh, through our conversation? Um, not really. I mean, I think we, we actually covered quite a bit here. I mean, from the history of Sphero um, on up, uh, we're, like I said, despite everything going on around the world, our hardware and software engineers are still working diligently. Um, they're still coming up with ideas. Um, we're still we're always working on something new. That's a big question we always get is, hey, what's coming out next? Um, and I always like to say everything. Everything's coming out next because that's we're always working on something uh, different, something new. Um, we actually have a, a, a like a trophy case in our office of things that never made it to, to market. But it just it what it shows is that we're constantly trying to push ourselves and develop something new. And so um, always keep an eye out of what's to come from Sphero. I would encourage folks. Uh, so whether it's hardware or software or anything like that, we're always working to meet the needs. And with this stay at home stuff um, that's really happening. I mean, my kids went through the last couple of months of, of schooling from home and who knows what this next fall is going to bring. Um, so we're, we're working on various solutions for that as well to make sure that uh, teachers and students are having their needs met uh, for their learning, uh, whether it's at home or at school. Um, and always look out for promotions and giveaways. We always try and make sure we're, we're supporting teachers as best we can, understanding that funding may be scarce in some places. And so we want to make sure that we do our best to provide, uh, you know, equitable access when we can. 
That's amazing, Jeremy. And I thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. And I hope the listeners go check out the Sphero social media as well as the website uh, to learn more, not only about the Lead Educator and Sphero Hero programs, but to check out the lessons that are available for all of the products that we talked about today and more uh, and to see what next, what's next uh, for Sphero and what else might be coming out to help support teachers in the classroom. Once again, thank you so much, Jeremy, for joining me on today's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time we have for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jeremy McDonald as we talked about all things Firo and Little Bits and how you can implement these tools into your classroom to help transform learning as you know it. Don't forget to head over to the social media pages to follow Firo and also head over to their website to learn more about the programs we talked about today, whether it be the Firo Lead Educator Program or the Firo Hero Ambassadors. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and don't forget to share everything you're doing creative through our social media platform, which is at Creative Class Pod on Twitter using the hashtag, hashtag make learning creative. Thank you so much for joining us today on the episode and I look forward to seeing you next time.